It's time for the Basser Hour. The Basser Hour is a look at issues that affect today's veteran. The Basser Hour is brought to you by www.hadit.com. If you need help with the VA, log on to hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Jay Basser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Basser Hour. On this third day of or second day of November, I was getting ahead of myself, 2016. We're going to uh, change things up a little bit tonight. Uh, usually we have a co-host, and, uh, you know, we go through a series of topics, and we have guests on. Tonight I want to do things a little bit different. Uh, I want to stay on one specific subject, and that subject is going to be Project 112 SHAD. I'm not really going to discuss Shad that much because that's a shipboard part, but I want to stick on the 112 subject. And for folks that don't know what that is, Project 112 and Shad is the government's experimental testing of different agents like nerve gas and DX and things like that on uh, veterans and other, other things up in different areas on board Navy ships and in certain locations like up in Alaska. And some of these veterans that were involved are pretty sick, so we're trying to get some, you know, we just want to help these guys out because it's been a long road to hoe. And my guest tonight is Joe Cook. He's usually my co-host on the show with tonight. He's basically, he's, he, he, he's, on, he, I put, he's on the spot tonight. But, uh, I know Gerald was involved in Project Shad when he was in the Army. And we're going to basically do an interview with Gerald. And we're going to see his situation versus what his claims doing versus what's going on with his Project 112. And uh, this information will be shared. Uh, you know, it'll be here in the archives too. But uh, you know, we just need to. We're trying to help uh, get Gerald situated here. So, Gerald, how you doing today, buddy? Well, I'm doing real good, uh, John. I, I was able to get out of bed this morning. Making in here to my desk. Turn the computer on, and that's always a chore. Took all the bills. Huh? You got a real big house, or how far? You got a pretty good sized house, sir. What? About how far of a trip is that? Oh my! Uh, a couple hundred feet. Well, I no, not a couple hundred feet. I get out of bed, get in my wheelchair, and I drive in here. And then oh, I drive, get to drive. my desk. <laughs> yeah. Well, so all total cool, walking man. is about uh, uh, oh, 10 feet. Yeah, but I, I have a lot of... I gotta be real cautious when I come to them corners. I'd say you do, buddy. I'd say you do. You know, anybody that's, uh, if you, you know, you can, if you've got leg problems and feet problems and things like that, you know, you can still move around a little bit, but if you've got some pretty serious lung problems, but the rest of it's kind of moot. I know what I mean. Well, and, you know, yeah. You gotta have. And I have a lot of trouble. My feet go numb. And, uh, mm-hmm. Well, actually, my right foot stays pretty numb, but uh, mm-hmm. so I got to be really careful walking. Yeah, uh, it's easy to get tripped up. 
Now, how you feel? Oh. What was that? How you feel? Well, well, as long as I keep popping these pills, these pills are taking my medicine. You like yeah. Superman? Well, right, yeah, and I, take, I take that prednisone every day. I have to take it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kept me out of the hospital. Yeah. So, uh, well, I think it has. Some, something has. It, it, uh, yeah, it keeps me out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. That is on. Yeah, well, but go ahead and get some. Yeah, go ahead. I think you, you had a question or two. Yeah, I got me. a question. Let's start off just a little background. Uh, and when did you when did you go in the army? How old were you? Well, in '63, I went in in February of 1963. And uh, I always thought that was a good time to go in after I looked back because it was, I went to Fort Leonard Wood. And it was still pretty chilly. But, uh, you know, when you go through basic, anyway, when you went, went through basic training then, uh, they kept you hopping, so it's better yeah. that it be cool than uh, than it be hot, and uh, yeah. and so I breezed right through basic, and uh, eight weeks of that, as silly as say now I thought I ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Was okay, and then I went to AIT as basic. I mean, at Fort Leonard. Where'd you go? What's you know, what did you do at AIT? What was your ex? What was your what was your chosen field uh, in AIT? What did what did? Ah, uh, that was seven eleven point ten. Is what they had me done because I had taken uh, uh, I could type. Couldn't type very well, yeah. but I could yeah. type, and anybody that could yeah. type at all, they put in, you know, a typewriter in front of them. Oh, so we, we, we had those guys in the Navy. We called them yo-yos, yeoman. Yo-yos. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, anyway, I mm. uh, they made me a a, a typer and. Uh, Seven eleven point ten or something, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, uh, then from there I went to Fort Benning, Georgia. I volunteered for the be airborne. You know they show you that those airborne movies and. So, oh yeah, yeah. Once you get things up on planes, yeah, yeah. Go down to Fort Benning. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was really gun ho. Which I imagine a lot of others were too. And you get there, and uh, 
as soon as you hit feet hit the ground, you uh, you're in another world. Yep. Uh, but uh, anyway, we were. I was there about looked like three weeks uh, going to two or three weeks going to training, and uh, of course most of that is getting used to doing push-ups and set-ups and all that, which mm-hmm. was no big deal to me anyway. And uh, then they were giving us physicals, and the doctor gave me my eye examination. Uh, he disqualified me. He said if I was to lose my glasses, I'd become a casualty right away. I wanted to know how I'd gotten a service. And uh, I don't remember what my eyesight, 2,400 without glasses, I think. Yeah. It was bad enough he wouldn't let me continue with jump school. And they made me a... uh, uh, instructor at the indoctrination center. This is when they brought all the troops in and unload them off the bus and make them stand in formation till half a dozen of them would fall over. Yeah. And then they'd bring them in this building and I'd give them instructions how to fill out all the forms that you had to fill out. And I did that oh, till I got yeah. my, my orders to go to Alaska. Wow. Of all, of all places. They sent me to Alaska. Well, that's question number two, man. You went to Alaska, was it probably 1964 sometimes? Uh, no, that was the latter part of 63. 63. Okay, so because you went to the last whenever I got up, up there, uh, they were still in the last, very last part of their summer. I don't remember, so it had to be well, September, uh, September, probably September, I would imagine. Probably. Because uh, I remember right when, when it started snowing, I believe it snowed 30 days straight. <laughs> Although mm-hmm. it was real fine snow it, and dry, powder dry, you couldn't make a snowball for nothing. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah. Well, when you, when you got there, what was your job at first? What did you do? I mean, you know, I worked in the what, crypto. What were you at? I was a crypto. I was assigned to the 171st Infantry Brigade, and uh, they um, put me as a cryptographic clerk. I worked by mm-hmm. myself in a room. 
uh, most time it was locked when I, I made codes, uh, uh, SOIs and and mm-hmm. coding and converging codes. Uh, just yeah. every code they needed. He done, he done secret work, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was secret, and they were pretty strict. Yeah. I mean, very strict. And uh, whenever I was making uh, codes, I had to have a locked door, a loaded forty-five on my desk, a hand grenade, and uh, uh, we call them one of them white officers' grenades. Uh, if someone was trying to break in, I was to open the safe and throw that in and close the door and lock it. Uh, So they took that pretty seriously. Uh, And uh, heaven forbid anyone lose a code because they had Mm -hmm. to see anywhere... From the company codes all the way up to the battalion uh, uh, or brigade, you know, uh, they all got mm-hmm. one. And then I even uh, uh, had to send copies uh, of the monthly ones to, uh, I think they went to the Pentagon now. Uh, where we sent them, and they had to have a copy. So these were pretty serious things. You did pretty but good job, didn't you? Oh, it was a good job. Uh, I had didn't have pull no details, no nothing. Uh, so I mean, I couldn't beat a deal like that. I had a major you were living on but You were living on post, right? Yeah, I lived in the barracks there. Was Fort Wainwright or what was this? Was it Fort Wainwright? Yeah, Fort Wainwright. I was in the hmm. Signal Corps. Oh, okay. Uh, the, uh, we were a signal company in the Signal Corps. Didn't that used to be an old Air Force base? It used to be, what, Allison Air Force? I forget I the name. But yeah. they built a new one, see, and so we uh, they gave the old one to the Army. And uh, cool. uh, they had the infantry there, 15th Artillery. And then the 171st Infantry Brigade, which I was part of it, in the signal section of it. And, uh, yeah, it was a good job. You couldn't ask for a better job. A little monotonous because everything you did couldn't make sense. (laughs) Okay. Now... You had it going, you're going on, you're doing your coaching stuff, you had your really good job, that's what I'll do, you know, like that. Now, when 
and why did you call me here for help? <laughs> well, it come up to me and, and says, look, we don't have hardly any. There wasn't a lot of people had security clearance, especially uh, most all of them were uh, confidential. And the story they gave me was we needed somebody with uh, high security uh, clearance, although they have higher ones. And uh, to go down to Fort Greeley. Well, I'd never been to Fort Greeley. They said you'd be out outside of Fort Greeley in a Quonset and uh, they'd be done testing. Of course, they didn't know what kind of testing. They just said testing. And Mm -hmm. uh, it said testing for the military. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it'll be through the summer. So this had to be a long... uh, February, maybe, uh, because, uh, see, we went down there in the latter part of May, or in May, and I think the testing started in June, but we were there early. Uh, They had to clean the grids, make grids and do things. Uh, Mm -hmm. So... This was probably the oh, January, February, March, maybe it's when they'd done that. So I said, you know, I was an outdoor person anyway, so I thought it'd be a pretty good deal. I'd go on down there, and and uh, they said uh, we wouldn't have to wear any military clothes. Nobody know her right. Nobody know nothing. And uh, nobody was allowed to bother us. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, this works for me. So I went down there. Mm-hmm. And uh turned out we had, uh, uh, well, all in all, there was 18 of us rode the bus down there. We were the military personnel from Fort Wainwright. They mm-hmm. only had 18 of us. And uh, so we get there, and we go to, uh, they're on post there at Fort Greeley, and they had a place down there by their power plant. It's that nuclear power plant. I guess. Oh yeah. I, uh, it wasn't far from it uh, where we went in there because they pointed it out as we went by. They said this is the first nuclear power plant in the United States. And uh, well, was we even the state then? They paid us hazardous duty pay or overseas pay when I was there. Yeah. Uh, and the last 
Alaska, uh, where I was at, you got overseas pay. And uh, yeah, that's like what it was too. But uh, yeah, I don't know why the VFW would never let me uh, join them because I was getting overseas pay. That's kind of weird. You should never join the VFW. Huh? In Hawaii, it'll be. If you're stationed in Alaska, I think that's the same as being in Hawaii. Oh, maybe uh, that. Hawaii is an island, okay? And Alaska does not have any continental connection to the U.S. You have to go through Canada to get to Alaska, right? Right, yeah. So it should be considered. Yeah, we bordered Russia, actually. (laughs) Not part of the continent. It's not part of the continent. Yeah. Yeah. See, when did Alaska become a state? 1949. Was it 49? It just uh, had become a state uh, not long. Uh, I think it, was, but, uh, it was in the 50s. It was in the 50s. I don't remember when, but I used to know. It was in the 50s. But, uh, uh Anyway, we get to Fort Greeley and we go to this place and here's a doctor and uh, uh, some uh, technicians, I guess I'd call them. I don't know what they were. And uh, now it seems to me they gave us some shots and they swabbed their mouths out. Uh, I always thought they was inoculating us, but I didn't know what they were doing. But uh, they uh, cleaned their ears out and uh, uh, stuck things up her nose, and uh, and then sent us that, told us, gave us a set us down, and said now. <laughs> We couldn't wear any uniforms with our name tags on it or uh, our rank. Nobody was supposed to know who anybody else was. Uh, of course, we knew each other because we're from the same post. And the set of orders we had was turned over at that time there was one set of orders for 18 of us was turned over that time to uh, whoever the you know the personnel the bus driver delivered us to and from there they took us out to Gersel River Mm -hmm. now this is where the testing uh, took place and there okay. was only eighteen of us. There was two Quonson huts at side by side, and uh, one of them was our barracks, and the other one had the mess hall and uh, radio room, or had a room with radio equipment. They told us uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. It was under lock and key, and. Uh, had the mess hall in there, and they had a cook that come out once a day from uh, Gersel River to 
cook a meal. And the rest mm-hmm. of the time, uh, uh, seemed like we always had plenty to eat. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, that uh, and that's uh, where they cleared the grids to do the testing on, and and uh, uh, they decided to make me a decontamination specialist. Uh, which I thought was really an important job. Uh, turned out it was to operate the washer and dryer. <laughs> uh, but uh, I really got a kick out of that one. But, well, where's the washer and dryer located at? Uh, they was in... Uh, the Moncont Quanson uh, had had uh, garage doors on, and they just opened the garage doors and drive in it. And the dryer was along one wall. Uh, actually, it wasn't even vented outside. And the washer. The uh, washer was. Uh, was uh, down at one end of it, and uh, that's where we was to do our washing and drying of of uh, what they call them rubber suits, BDUs or something. BDUs, little A, little B. Yeah. BDUs. And it's uh, back in the sixties, had a little bit different material. Yeah. But uh, now, you washed every day, didn't you? Uh, during the test, yes. Uh, they would uh, go out. First, I'd go out and work in the field with them, and then come in and. Uh, uh, I had one of them guys, there were six guys come up from Dugway, mm-hmm. and uh, now they lived on posts. That was something I never could figure out. Why did they, and the major, we had Major Ledbetter was over our test, and yeah. uh, uh, I didn't know why they stayed at Port Greeley, we had plenty of room there where we were at. But just 18 of us uh, stayed there at uh, Gersel River. No, anyway, they, they would take these uh, suits and uh, or, or tests during the test project, actual test project, they would detonate the landmines out there, the M21s. And uh, 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 set them sporadically around in the grids. And, and then the personnel would cross through the grids, uh, wear these rubber suits with gas masks, and, and they had duct tape around your, uh, I think it was duct tape. Yeah. Uh, around there. 
their boots and and gloves. Yeah. They had to take rubber gloves and uh, crawl around, and then they would take sections of their suits and cut it up and put it in containers of alcohol or barrels of alcohol and uh, 190 proof alcohol, actually. And uh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's about 192 alcohol more than Navy ship in the sand bucket of gal. Yeah, yeah, I hate to say it, but uh, I think they come up messing a few gallons. <laughs> Like you had your hands full. 
Oh, yeah. When they come out of that dryer, you had to be quick. You couldn't let them wear them. You had to keep flopping them. What, what do you suspect they were using and then, and then on the mines and the stuff they sprayed on the grass and things like that? Do you think that? Now, them 20 now, years have been uh, known as a VX mine, right? Uh, uh, VX, they used VX, VX modified, uh, and then they used numerous other agents. And I can't list, uh, I don't know how many others. I know Hmm. they told us at one time we were using mustard agent. And what what they were doing was, uh, and actually, they actually told us, because Vietnam, if you remember, was just getting started in 64, Getting started pretty good, and uh, uh, the reason I knew this is because down at Fort Benning, I met this guy that had been in Vietnam and shot. He worked as a clerk, and they come in there and shot them all up. But uh, uh, anyway, they told us what we were doing there would be directly applied to uh, North Vietnam uh, use. uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, that, uh, and they were mixing uh, VX with mustard agent. And I thought, my God, why would they do that? Nerve gas and a blistering agent at the same time? Well, yeah, but they would well, just BX use and, a, a, a little bit of nerve agent with blistering agent. They said what happened was the blister agent would create a port. And then yeah. the nerve, just a little bit of nerve agent, what they just wanted well, is not... not Kill people, see, because nerve agent uh, absorbs through your skin. And this way, once they knew the right mixture, they could mix it. They won't make people deathly sick. Anyway, a bunch of quivering, quivering. Well, they figure uh, it takes two people. It takes two or three people to take care of one injured man versus... uh, you know, uh, yeah. They leave a dead person laying. Yeah, they go back you. So that's what they're looking at. And that never left my mind because I thought, how cruel. Now I could see, you know, you fight if you was to fighting someone, why wouldn't you just, if it's your life or theirs, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you do what you got to do in the service, but. Uh, uh, I just couldn't get over that. That didn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, I understood what the, their game plan was, but it just, it, uh, uh, that's about as cruel as you can get. <laughs> mm. Now, what do you think of you? I mean, I know you're doing mustard gas and BX. 
Uh, well, they've denied these. They've denied using mustard gas, and uh, although they found barrels, empty barrels, uh, that had contained mustard gas up there, they still mm-hmm. denied to the bad bitter end. Uh, they mm-hmm. say they've never used mustard gas, but. Uh, I don't know. I I say they did. I because I, I ain't never forgot what they told told me. Well, that's kind of sad because I mean that was something you know. Um, you asked if it needs to be fixed for, in the first place. For that, uh, you got to use the things and you were exposed to chemical weapons, and now you got health issues. You know, there's well, eighteen yeah, of them involved in that test. Yeah. 18 of you involved in that test. And several of you close friends that you've been like past, you know, like that. Uh, yeah. Or who, Carlos Hope. Carlos Hope, right? Well, I know Carlos, Carlos has passed, passed on. Passed away. And, a lot uh, of folks are I don't know how many has actually passed on that information you're not the DOD's not going to let out. Uh, mm-hmm. Among the land-based tests, now if we're just speaking land-based tests, I they claim there was, uh, what, less than 200 of us involved in the land-based land test. Yeah. And that's... That's from 62 to 75, I guess, when they made them quit, or 73. So mm-hmm. uh, these land-based tests, and they told me that Operation Elkhart, because uh, I've spoken to Dugway there's, uh, numerous times uh, since I've been working on my claim or trying to work on it, that uh, elk hunt was the hottest test they did because we were using the real, we weren't using simulants. Uh, we were using the real deal. And, uh, uh, you know, whether they used, uh, even though the VA claims they didn't, or the DOD claims they didn't use mustard agent in Alaska, I mean, on mm-hmm. elk hunt. I'm just speaking mm-hmm. of elk hunt. Uh, yep. uh, VX and VX modified uh, attacks your nervous system, and any time your nervous mm-hmm. system gets attacked, it can affect your respiratory your thyroid, kid, mm-hmm. heart, uh, it, it can affect everything. Uh, the story they keep telling me is if you got hit with my, with VX, uh, uh, it would kill you within a few minutes. Or uh, you would get over it and there would be no side effects. However, from... From what I've read on BX and people that worked with it and uh, making it, 
they have had side effects, a lot of them, and um, uh, most of it uh, applies to the respiratory system, uh, which can, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you you deal with the nervous system, it can affect you everywhere, anywhere. Yep. First of all, so, these times have made this stuff. <laughs> huh? These times have made this stuff. They should, they should be able to tell what effect it has on the human being. Well, they don't want to tell. Uh, they know what yeah. effect, without a doubt, they know. Uh, what? Uh, so... And and that's leaving mustard gas out of the venture. Means they don't want to claim mustard gas. Uh, well, but I know that they said they used it. I have no reason at the time to think they didn't. And the way they explained it, why would they explain it in such a morbid way uh, that they did? I mean that. That's pretty more. And maybe it's because they didn't want to own up to the fact that they possibly could have used it in North Vietnam in some kind of concoction. I don't know whether they did or not. They did mention it. Now, you got a claim file. When did you file your first claim on this drill? Uh, March of 2002, as as soon as I heard about it, I read an article in the Navy Times, and uh, uh, they have since done an article on me, but I called them up, and that's where I started getting information from the Navy Times and uh, Deborah Funk. Uh, uh, really nice lady uh, that wrote the article originally and uh, she wrote it based on the Shad Veterans which was the Navy side of these 112 tests and I had no idea how large the overall picture was until I started doing research and it's quite extensive uh, and I suspect there's still uh, so much more data that needs to come out on it it's been long enough I don't know why they don't disc- classify the whole works but they will not although they've claimed well, that they have uh, but they haven't. I think they need a nudge. Well, every statement of case, uh, I sent you a copy of my statement of case. Every statement of case I get from the VA, they says this data or that data is still classified. Uh, I, I even think my last one uh, stated that, didn't it, John? I don't even remember now. (laughs) (laughs) I've had so many of them. (laughs) Now, 
you keep getting denied. You've been back for other things you claim. Uh, well, you're doing your show to try to help a little bit. I know I want to get some information restored to your side of it, so. But uh, maybe we'll be able to help you a little bit there and get this thing lined out because it's a farce when they've done to you. Well, you know, it you is. You know, and they did disconnect me on one ear based on uh, mm. chemical and biological warfare agents. Or agents. They've already conceded it, yeah. But they yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the rest of my body was, but my ear was there. You heard that thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ear. Well, listen, Gerald, thank you for coming on. We want to thank Hattie for sponsoring. Well, I appreciate we'll, we'll, we'll it. I hope it helps we'll somebody. Follow. I've researched this well, quite some yeah. time, and uh, it's a shame what they've done to, to the troops. Uh I know I'm not the only one. There's a whole slug of others. And yeah. at, uh, you won't even, they won't even treat a prisoner of war this way as well, they do their well, own troops. What a shame. Well, Drew, we might do this in a few days. You want to? All right. Well, I appreciate it, John. I'll talk to you later, then. Appreciate you coming on, buddy. Well, it took some doing, but I made it. All right, with that, well, this be Jay Basher, folks. We'll be signing off for now. See you next week. You have been listening to the Basher Hour. The Basher Hour is brought to you by Hadit.com. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com.